Welcome back to the Homeschooling Made Easy podcast. We are your hosts. Dr. Fred Ray Librand is the creator of the independent homeschool website, courses, and YouTube channel. My name is Karen and I am a current homeschooling mom of six children with a homeschooling YouTube channel called Our House. Welcome. If you would like to submit your questions to be featured on a future show, please email them to homeschoolingpodcast at gmail.com. Okay, um, kind of along the same lines, I was wanting to just kind of get your opinion because you have experience with this. What would you recommend for parents out there to be kind of the best college prep that they can do? You know, should they start at an earlier age, practicing taking? Because test taking is a thing where, you know, there's not a lot of test taking unless you do the test with Saxon. Um, but some parents think, well, what, what about the practice and test taking and for the SAT? So do you have any advice on practicing test taking or what to do exactly for college prep, both academics and also real world, just, you know, prep in general. Any thoughts? Yeah, it's, um, it's challenging area. I I remember when I I was switched in eighth grade from public school to private school in Alabama for a variety of reasons. Uh, uh, Largely it had to do with my brother flunking out of school and, Dad wasn't confident the academics were really getting us ready. So so I went, I remember the first math test I think I took at this new, the college, the private school I went to, I was suddenly going from studying 30 minutes a day to, oh, seven hours a day. Wow. I needed to stay in and survive and have to help my sister get in. I had a lot of pressures, I thought, in my head. And I was trying, I was making the state of trying to learn everything. So I sat with Miss Murray. And my mom one day, and they, she was finding out, and she said, oh, you're trying to learn everything, aren't you? And I said, duh, you know, or whatever, <laughs> whatever duh was in 1972. And um, uh, she said, no, you need to learn what's important. And so I started making sense of that, because if you learn the pieces, the rest of it can fit in. So mm-hmm. this is part of the, the trick. Well, the first math test I took, I made a 50 on Wow. Uh, 50. Uh, however, I'd gotten every problem I'd done right. So there are 20 problems. I'd done the first 10. I got 100 on the first 10, but I ran out of time. I'd never wow. experienced such a thing. So there's this, <laughs> it's not what was in public school. It's not what yeah. was happening. There. And uh, so I'm suddenly having to learn about testing. Now it's a timing thing. And so you've got a a boundary of a time limit mm-hmm. and a certain amount of focus. And that's going to generate strategies of figuring out how to do it. Then why you learn to skip some problems to the ones, you know, to knock all of them out and then go back right. to the others. So they're all that stuff. So uh, Jody and I did not do much testing in the early days. And I, I probably think I was okay doing that because we didn't want, especially with trip cerebral palsy, we didn't want him to get labeled and we didn't want the kids to lock in of, Oh, I can only test this well. So I'm dumb or smart or whatever. We, we wanted more of a foundation, but I'd say by the time they're getting 12, I think it's a good move. We started then doing at least a test a month in Saxon, for example, a time test uh, and some other things. When they got to the SAT, we, we got them all some kind of, prep course and the ones that did better just took a lot of prep tests 
Really? You know, okay. they just did a lot. And with Brooks and his aptitude, we, we had found some uh, online specialist tutor for it to really help him know how to play the game. And, and I experienced that kind of thing. You know, I my first law school admission test, I did okay. But then I took a course that explained to me what the game is on all the questions. So I saved all kinds of time trying to figure that out. Before that, no one ever did any college prep stuff in high school or anything. There was no prep things, but there's no doubt it helps. I've had some of the kids teach that. So as you get closer to it, you're going to want them to get, whether it's a Princeton book an online thing or one of the, they're all doing similar things, trying to show you, here's what the game is, here's how it works, and now go practice it. So, so that's going to save time and energy. And inside of that, people have to sort of formulate their own way of figuring out how to do it. You know, I remember Trip. they can be dangerous. Trip on his first PSAT or something, one of them, he did really bad on um, the, the reading section. And I'm going, what? Did you panic? Did you and Jody panic? I know most no, homeschooling parents. No, I don't know. <laughs> uh, we don't get pa- we don't panic we get mad <clears throat> <No>. <laughs> what's wrong with you Jody, Jody's kidding that she's gonna make me a set of white and black t-shirts and the black one of the black t-shirts is what's wrong with you you know <laughs> one of my bad phrases I use oh, um, so um no what happened was Tripp I said what are you doing he said well the book said you know the answers are in here and they code it you know that it's in this sentence and this little number thing there's some way and so I just skimmed it and uh you know I was trying to figure out in there and I went so you didn't read the paragraph and he went no I said you know how fast you read you have all kinds of time to read the whole thing and then go back and look at all that so we started he then the next time he aced it you know because he just had a bad strategy so, oh, so yeah. even in the reading sessions, you start learning really what you should do in a paragraph reading session is read the first sentence and probably the last sentence or two and look at the first sentences or skim around and just see what are the words and what's this thing about. Set up that frame like drawing lines in the parking lot before you start parking the cars and then read it through. So in the book I'm fixing to put out, I'm going to share uh, something called the SQ3R method that I'd learned as a kid. And it's still, I use it in some form or another. So it stands for survey, question, read, recite, and review. And you can find it out there. It's been around for a while, but most people don't know about it. So, I mean, you, you have a look on your face like, I hadn't heard about that. I have so, kind of, I've, I've read something similar in a how to learn book where you're yeah, you reading. Go. So you feel like you're reviewing it as you're reading it for the in first In a way, time. what you're doing yeah. is you're setting up a schema uh, a framework to look at it and then once you've got that in your head um it allows you to uh work with the information much better it's just like if you're doing a recipe and you just imagine it you only got one instruction line each time you're doing it right not even knowing what you're really making you know <laughs> that's different than you're making a soup Right. Here's a picture once, of what it's going to look once like. Once you know it's a soup, it really helps you organize what you're doing. Yes. So the survey is to survey the thing in a quick way. And question is about when you're reading, what are you trying to get out of it? Maybe pleasure. What are you trying to learn? Uh, what do you hope to get from the book? 
or do you want to understand? You know, if you want to understand what made George Washington, George Washington, that's going to help a lot in how you read it. Just that question. Knowledge. Frame. Yes. Yeah. And so then you read it and the recitation would be similar to Charlotte Mason. So you're actually reading section and saying back out loud in some form or another, this is what the key points were through there. So you've done another review in your head. Mm -hmm. um, and then review is when you go back later and kind of look at your recitation notes or revisit it. So there's a half-life on our memory that if you review something in 24 hours and then uh, seven days and then a month and then maybe six months in a year or at least a year, uh, yeah. your attention goes dramatically up. Uh, right. Yes. It's that kind of thing. That. Yeah. So I don't know what that had to do with your question, but it's <laughs> lots of fun to jabber about. Right. I say but, the, but, but the prep for all the, take, yeah, the prep. Exactly. Yeah. So what about, um, did you try to get uh, for your kids AP credits or college credits? I know there's a lot of those opportunities today, AP, all that stuff. Did you look into it? Okay, so let me be completely contrarian now. Okay. They did get some credits because, you know, I remember uh, they took the SAT2 and, quote, clipped out of things, uh -huh. right? Or what? Or there's clip tests. Clip credits, thing. yeah. Yeah, you know, when I went to uh, school, I could have clepped out of things, but I wanted to be a writer, an English major, and uh, I just felt like skipping the basics was going to be a problem for me. And in the course of time, that worked out good. In fact, in that freshman basic class, Rick Dice taught me about the red pen, green pen. Really? And, yeah, that's where it came from. Uh, my freshman class that I didn't clep out of. <laughs> Good thing. Yeah. yeah. Isn't, that, isn't that fun? A little tip is helping. And so that's how families. that's how he graded the papers, you know. So um, so you, here, here's here's the problem. I think we have a fundamental confusion, especially this is for uh, if you're thinking about your kids going to college, mm -hmm. because what we do is we have this idea of I want to get the basics out of the way. Right. Right. So we're getting dual credit and all the rest, and we're saving money and all the rest. For that to be true, we have to assume that the basics are identical at all schools and are some sense it. a waste of time. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to tell you that the basics at Harvard or University of Texas or um, uh, Arizona, Arizona State, you just pick a school mid-range or upper, you know, I would say academically, Michigan, mm -hmm. Ohio, something like that. Those basics are not going to be the same It, you know, as Bush, you know, push Matty Hall Junior College in yeah. rural Alabama. You know what I mean? It's right. not, it's not, the, not same. the same. Yeah. And so when, when you're thinking that, it's also, there's another problem inside of university, if they're going to get educated in that university. Mm -hmm. So, so there would be teaching you things inside that system that match the other levels. This is part of why you can't transfer credits all the time. Right. You know, you can't transfer this other school. Why? Because, ha! <laughs> you hadn't gone through things, a week. Things that are different are not the same. No. And largely, some degree, it has to do the quality of the instructors. And I'm not dealing with things about liberalism and philosophy or whatever else, but overall, in terms of general academics, there's a reason people are teaching 
at the level they are or in the place they are. It's similar to doctors. I don't mean this rudely, but there's a reason um, a heart doctor in a smaller town is in that smaller town rather than being in a really large town at the center of a research institute. You know, right. could be lifestyle, could be he grew up there and came back home and is really brilliant. But on balance, there's a real game in play. So you have to really think through, are the basics really not important or are they basic? So in my mind, I'm not personally that big of a fan of the dual credit stuff. I get it. I get you can save money. But if you save money and get out of a medium or minor school, that's going to lead to a certain kind of job course, et cetera. Maybe you can break the mold. But on balance, if you work hard at getting your kids really great at reading, writing, arithmetic, so they really can read and comprehend, they really know their math stuff, and they can really explain their thinking, clarify it in written form, um, you've got a magic little uh, talent stack there. There's some other things you could work on. A little public speaking wouldn't hurt by the time they get out of school, getting their problem solving skills up, uh, learning how to be right. servants, learning how to, you know, some of that stuff that'll all serve them well. But getting into a system and working through it, if you trust that system, is going to give them a more complete education than coming in in the middle and say, oh, just put me in here. I have the basics somewhere else. Right. But that's me. Interesting. Yeah, I'm no, just, that's good to have that perspective. I know there are other perspectives out there and other curriculums promoting different things, you know, like Ron Paul, that's a really big thing, trying to get you to test, to get a four-year degree in two years, you know. So it's good to yeah. hear. Yeah, and other. I would, you know, just test all that. Just see how do they do. It may be great. I get, I get it. Yeah. Uh, I also can get not going to college at all. Right. You know, Spur Spurgeon didn't do anything beyond uh, junior high, essentially, in England. Famous preacher from the 1800s. Yes. And he's more widely read than any human on the planet. He and Pilgrim's Progress and the Bible. And then, right. A lot and of the I authors Twilight. that we read RC books, you know, they didn't go to college. <laughs> right. So yeah, get educated. Yeah. And, and, if, and if you need to go to college to get in the game, that's fine too. But it'd be like, just imagine if you got the basics of your engineering, like engineering basics could be done at, at, the, at a dual credit. Let's pretend they do that. And then you show up at an engineering school at, you know, Texas A&M or even Texas or any of them, you know, any right. of the mid or major schools. Um, Good luck with that. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you, they're building a system for a reason, right, wrong, or indifferent. We've done this for a long time. And maybe you can get through the curriculum and say, oh, I got my college degree. But where is it going to be accepted? How's it going to, are you, did you really learn the skills to go with it? What are you going to do from there? Can you get accepted into master's pro? You know, what is it if you're going to be on that path that you can do? And I'm just going to say, I can look back and I go, I never, I don't remember any course of study that turned out to, in the final analysis, to be a waste for me. Even basic, you know, English at the University of Alabama. I could have skipped wow. it, but I didn't want to. Right. You know? 
And it kind of goes with what you're saying. The plan leads to the output, the goal, versus yeah. you're thinking, I want a four-year degree. This is the plan I'm taking. It might not give you that outcome. That right. Perfect. About. Do you really think, uh, what's a school that you would admire? Semi. Doesn't matter what uh, it is. Could be Hillsdale. I don't care. Just any of them. Um, trying to think of that. Was that Pepperdine in California? Pepperdine. Yeah, Pepperdine's <laughs> fine. I've, yeah. Fine. So do you really think, and tell me a uh, junior college that you know of. Junior college of just uh, like. Or let's just say college, uh, UTEP. Let's college. say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you really think a degree from Pepperdine and a degree from uh, whatever son, you know, um, uh, I was trying to think of an Arizona. We can use ASU. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, yeah. What, but yeah. they probably has a parallel one, you know, uh, that, you know, they have, uh, most of these systems have other schools. So we have the university of Texas Permian basin, which is out West. UTSA is San Antonio. Then UT Austin, there's UT Dallas, all the rest of them. Do you really think all those, any of those schools are the, are the same thing? Do you really think that um, a degree from UT San Antonio is equivalent to the same degree from the University of Texas in Austin? And no. if you do, you don't understand the game because part right. of the game is the quality of students you're competing with too. And by the way, I admire UTSA. I admire all of them and all education is good. And when you're coming in, you're the first one to ever intergenerationally go to school. That's going to be where you start. You know, don't, don't mishear anything I'm saying, but don't underplay it. Cause I'd still say, and do you think UTSA is going to be equivalent to a junior college thing? And do you really think that's going to be the same as, uh, you know, some other, uh, uh, parallel thing that's on a different level it's just the way the game goes you know it is a game it is yeah. and, and, and it'd be like saying do you really think the acting classes you took at junior college are equal to going to juilliard right really <laughs> you know, there must be a reason why they're picking and choosing and charge what they do and and i could be i'm, I'm look i'm willing to be convinced if if i can see another way to understand it and think about it. And certain individuals have IQs and breaks and drive, and they're probably going to figure it out whatever they do. But on balance, all these systems are trying to teach you stuff. So if you grounded people, of course, my view is I'm trying to stress everybody is the real issue is not these courses and basics and costs. It's really about the skill set you're developing. So if you get your high schooler to have a really solid skill set in reading and comprehension mm -hmm. and in mathematics and in writing, and then, you know, whatever things they love, drawing and music and, you know, some other things, those, those skill sets stack together to put them in really phenomenal shape to go somewhere and excel and do what they want. And that's exciting. That's a, I think that's a great to end it for this question because that is very hopeful you know and it's basics like you said just comprehension math you know reading writing it's nothing out of this world anybody can learn it like you said just right. do the work you got it yes. uh, karen i promise you i promise everybody listening just i don't know i can't make you believe it you know i i can i can tell it to you but i can't convince you 
but mm-hmm. your child's, I, my personal, I found out what my superpower is. I have a superpower and it, and it makes all kinds of things happen for me. Uh, and I have almost no compre- uh, no competition. It's a superpower. And it makes me feel like a superhero sometimes. And it's the ability to read. <laughs> and I can, I can huh? literally read something. Yeah. I've, I've worked with executives, executives that can't understand a personality thing. They want to ask me to get explain it to them. One of my past lives, I did training and personality development teamwork. And I'd sit next to them and I read their, their report out loud. And they would all go, oh, Wow. So I'm just telling you, if you can read and comprehend, you're going to be able to keep up the information. Your brain's going to develop more. You're going to be able to grab information from books, find the thing you need, make sense of it, go in a fresher direction, get a new idea, get another piece. You'll learn a little writing. You'll be able to hand it off to other people. And while you sleep, the thing you wrote will go out there and touch other lives. And so there's this thing of being able to mm-hmm. do language because language is all tied into how you think as well as how you communicate as well as what you can learn. You can go out now and access on the internet or in books or whatever, all the wisdom for all time. You can also do the foolishness too, not a recommendation, but <laughs> imagine if you really mastered the ability to read something, understand it and remember it the first time through. It is a superpower and it'll guard yeah. you well for the rest of your life. Plus it goes with what they used to call the deluder of Satan act in Massachusetts in the 1700s. What is that? They had a law that uh, you had to learn to read before you were six. Oh, this gets okay. into another question about reading readiness. Well, they were all required to read by six, and apparently they all did it. And the reason was is they thought if you could read, you could read the Bible. And if you could read the Bible, then Satan was deluded. So they wow. call it the Deluder of Satan Act, just on the importance of reading by the age of six. Wow. That's amazing. Well, I think that is a great place to end it for that, this episode. If you have any questions, please email them to us at homeschoolingpodcast at gmail.com.